Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 2nd of December. India recorded 9,765 COVID-19 cases and 477 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 3 crore 45 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 69,000. Do note that these figures are widely believed to be undercounts. So far, India has administered over 123 crore vaccinations, of which nearly 80 lakh doses were given yesterday. Four international passengers from at-risk countries tested positive for COVID-19 in Mumbai yesterday. According to the Indian Express, two came from London, one from South Africa, and one had a travel history from Mauritius. At least five people from at-risk countries have tested positive so far. Amid growing concerns of the new COVID variant, Omicron, the central government has decided not to resume scheduled international flights from 15th December. The first two instances of COVID-19 infections by the Omicron strain of the SARS-CoV-2 virus in India were discovered in Karnataka on Thursday, according to the Union Health Ministry. According to the minister's Joint Secretary, Lava Garwal, a 66-year-old man and a 46-year-old woman have been infected. Senior government officials said the two cases' primary and secondary connections had been tracked out and recommended people to get vaccinated as soon as possible rather than worry. The Union Health Ministry yesterday conveyed to the Mumbai government that its revised guidelines for international travellers following the emergence of Omicron variant are in divergence with the norms specified by the centre. The centre thereby urged the state to align its guidelines from a uniform implementation. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 260 million people, claiming the lives of over 5.2 million. The United States yesterday identified the first case of Omicron within its borders. The infected person returned to the United States from South Africa on 22nd November and tested positive seven days later. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the U.S. infectious disease control official, said in a press briefing that the patient was fully vaccinated but did not have a booster shot. He further stated that the infected person had mild symptoms and was in self-quarantine. Omicron is rapidly becoming the dominant variant of coronavirus and as was stated in an interview to Reuters by Adrian Purin, the acting executive director of South Africa's National Institute for Communicable Diseases, the Omicron strain could most likely displace the Delta variant as the dominant strain of coronavirus. The Supreme Court today expressed dissatisfaction over the situation of air pollution in Delhi as it worsened despite the government claims, NDTV reported. While hearing arguments over the air crisis in the national capital and nearby cities, Chief Justice Ramana said, and I quote, We feel that nothing is happening and the pollution keeps increasing. Only time is being wasted, unquote. The court with a strict action warning gave a 24-hour ultimatum to the centre, Delhi and the neighbouring states to act against industrial and vehicular pollution which is counted as the main cause behind the deteriorating air quality. The Chief Justice also questioned the Centre's Counsel Solicitor General Tushar Mehta on the reasons behind an increase in AQI despite several claims made by the government. He asked and I quote, When hearings on the issue started, there was a certain AQI. If as many efforts as you are claiming have been made, then why is pollution increasing? This is the simple question a layman will ask. So many arguments by lawyers and so many government claims. But why is pollution increasing? Unquote. On the actions to be taken by the bureaucracy, the Chief Justice said that the court cannot enforce or infuse creativity and that the bureaucrats should think of appropriate measures to tackle the problem by themselves. The court suggested that the government's focus should be less on optics and more on action. Further, the court reprimanded the Delhi government over the reopening of schools in the city. The CGI said, and I quote, three-year-olds and four-year-olds are going to schools but adults are working from home. 
we will appoint somebody to administer your government unquote meanwhile in other news after the cji rapped the government on reopening schools delhi environment minister gopal rai announced today that all schools in delhi will remain closed from friday till any further order is issued in this regard ani quoted him as saying and i quote we had reopened schools considering the forecast that air quality would improve however the air pollution levels have increased again and we have decided to shut schools from friday till further orders unquote the parliamentary standing committee on communications and information technology yesterday suggested the union government to set up a council in order to check irregularities in print digital and electronic media according to the indian express the committee led by congress mp shashi tharoor submitted a report to the parliament stating that the efficacy of the existing regulatory organizations was limited they added that the press council of india which governs print media could rebuke news agencies but its advisories are not enforceable in court furthermore the panel commenting on news broadcasting standards authority stated that its regulatory powers apply only to the organizations that are members of the news broadcasters association and hence their efficacy depends on voluntary compliance with its orders the parliamentary panel said that it was concerned about the disturbing trend of fake news it also said that the ministry of law and justice should soon put into effect the law commission's recommendation to make paid news an electoral offence the standing committee stated in the report that it hopes that the new digital media rules will go a long way in regulating digital media content in february the central government had introduced the new it rules with guidelines that would require the social media platforms to set up a three tier framework for redressing grievances with an interministerial authority at its head several media outlets have challenged the new it rules in courts the central board of secondary education cbse yesterday said that a question in a class 12 sociology examination on the gujarat riots was inappropriate adding that the strict action will be taken against those responsible times of india reported a multiple choice question in the term 1 examination for sociology held yesterday read and i quote the unprecedented scale and spread of anti muslim violence in gujarat in 2002 took place under which government unquote the options for the answer were congress bjp democratic or republican as per a report in the indian express the question was allegedly drawn from a chapter titled the challenges of cultural diversity in the national council of educational research and training sociology textbook indian society yesterday evening the board said that the question was in violation of its guidelines set up for external subject experts in framing the question papers responding to cbse's tweet social media users pointed to a paragraph in the textbook which noted that the 2002 riots took place while the bjp was in power in gujarat the chapter in the textbook read and i quote the anti sikh riots of delhi in 1984 took place under a congress regime the unprecedented scale and spread of anti muslim violence in gujarat in 2002 took place under a bjp government unquote meanwhile in another tweet the board mentioned that the questions in the paper should be academically oriented and thereby be class and religion neutral it further stated that the questions should not touch upon domains that could harm sentiments of people based on social and political choices unquote Prime Minister Narendra Modi today held an important meeting with the top officials to review preparedness for the impending cyclone in the Bay of Bengal, Cyclone Jawad. According to Hindustan Times, the low pressure area in the Bay of Bengal is likely to intensify into a cyclonic storm by 3rd of December. It is expected to cross the coasts of Andhra Pradesh and Odisha by the morning of 4th December with wind speeds that might range from 90 km/h to 100 km/h. The cyclonic storm is likely to affect the districts of Srikakulam, Vishakhapatnam and Vijayanagaram in Andhra Pradesh. 
it might also result in heavy rainfall in the coastal areas of West Bengal. Cabinet Secretary Rajiv Gauba held a meeting with the National Crisis Management Committee yesterday, where he emphasized calling back fishermen and all the vessels at sea, including evacuation of all the people in the areas that are likely to be affected by cyclonic storms. Meanwhile, the Indian Meteorological Department has issued a red alert in Gajapati, Ganjam, Puri and Jagat Singhpur districts in Odisha, whereas an orange alert has been issued in Kendrapara, Katak, Khurda, among the other districts in Odisha. The National Disaster Response Force has also deployed 32 teams in Andhra Pradesh, Odisha and West Bengal. The winter session of the parliament that began on Monday today discussed the COVID-19 situation in the country amid growing concerns about the new Omicron variant. Jyoti Raditya Sindhya, the Civil Aviation Minister, stated that there will be RT-PCR tests for flyers from at-risk nations. Meanwhile, Congress, TMC, RJD and other opposition parties walked out of the Rajya Sabha today as the opposition MPs raised slogans on the issue of farmers' deaths and rising inflation. This came amid Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar's remarks, who told the parliament yesterday that there is no data on farmers' deaths with the government. Hence, no financial aid will be given. Following which, 12 MPs were also suspended, citing their unruly behaviour during the last session. According to Hindustan Times, the suspended lawmakers including six from the Congress, two each from the Trinamool Congress, Shiv Sena and one each from the Communist Party of India, Marxist and the Communist Party of India. In view of this, opposition lawmakers including Rahul Gandhi held a protest today wearing black armbands in front of the Mahatma Gandhi statue at the parliament. Listeners, contrary to the government's claims, there were several reports of over 700 protesting farmers dying at the Delhi borders. For instance, at News Laundry, our reporter Basant Kumar reported about Sri Krishnalal, who died at the protest 15 minutes after knowing the damages caused by the three laws. In another report by Basant and Diksha, Lakbir Singh, 35-year-old Dalit from Chima Kurd village in Tarantaran, Punjab, was beaten to death by the Nihangs at Delhi Singhu border. You can read all our reports under our farmer protest section on our website, newslaundry.com. And while you're there, you can check out Akansha Kumar's seventh report on the Siddiqui Kapan chart sheet. She details how the UPSTF linked journalist Kapan to be a part of the PFI to incite violence on the basis of a cash transfer of 20,000 rupees on October 4th, 2020. While Kapan says it's money he borrowed from friends, PFI has denied any knowledge of these funding campaigns. To know more, read her report titled, As proof of raising funds from terror, UPSTF points to cash transfer of 20,000 rupees in Kapan case. Listeners, we are able to do detailed reports such as these because we are a reader-supported organization that does not thrive on government or private corporations' money. Instead, we aim to serve you, the public. So if you want to keep the spirit of independent journalism alive, do consider supporting us. Head on to newslaundry.com and click that red subscription button on the top right corner of the screen. Pay to keep news free. In central Vietnam, heavy rains triggered floods and landslides leaving 18 people missing while some are feared dead as houses were destroyed in the area. The government said in a statement on Thursday that even though the rains have subsided, efforts are still underway to locate the missing people. Further, certain national highways, inter-provincial and local roads have also been partially locked. According to Reuters, beach towns Phu Yen, Binh Dinh and Vietnam's main coffee-growing province, Dak Lak, were the hardest hit in the country. The floods have also inundated 780 hectares of rice fields, although no damage has been reported on coffee farms so far. Vietnam remains prone to storms and flooding due to its long coastline. Last year, floods and landslides from storms killed 378 people. 
The National Meteorology Center stated that there is a low chance that Vietnam's flood-prone areas, including coastline and northern provinces, would receive heavy rainfalls and floods later this year. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please.